This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry scoops. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Forever Mighty Postgame Show. It's Pat and Steven on the mics tonight. Steven's dying laughing. <laughs> Uh, to start the, because the Ducks won. He just can't believe it. He's, he's got some sort of laughing gas on his end over there. Or, or it could just be that we were making fun of Eddie. It'd just be one of the two probably things we were that, talking about. Probably before. that. <laughs> How's it going, man? We get to we get to talk about a win and briefly about a loss from last night. But uh, hey, man, I'm more excited about the latter of the two because we could finally get to be on a show where they won. Yeah, I you know I think it's cool that uh, over two games there was ten goals and all but most of them happened uh, last night and not tonight. I just <laughs> going from a four four shootout win, a four four shootout loss to a one one shootout win is such a ducks ass thing to do. Like it just. Anyways, you want to you want to get to the bad news first. We could talk yeah. about last night's. We'll talk about last night's loss. Those listening briefly. We're not going to spend a, a you know a, a ton of time breaking it down. Uh, I think the most concerning thing to me, really, out of all of last night's loss, um, was not the collapse in the third period because I expected it. It was more the interesting shakeup of the lines due to Ryan Getzloff's lower body injury. Yeah. Very interesting how they put Derek Grant back on the top line and moved Henrique to the wing. Interesting. You had a tweet about that. <laughs> I just, like, I I don't know, like, to me, if you want to play Granite Center, it felt like the obvious thing to do, and what I kind of expected them to do, would be to move Backus up into that first-line role. Like, Backus has been a first-line center in the NHL. But like, he's... He's not. And he's not. Okay, 20, thank you. I was like, are we going to argue this on the show? No, We're going to no, spend no, no, 20 no. minutes on the first game? <laughs> <laughs> but if you're asking me, like, who do I trust a little bit more to at least understand kind of what's going on in a first-line role between the the human meme or uh, the guy who Phil Kessel hurt his feelings. Um, you know, I figured it would have been David Backus. And then on top of that, like, it's almost like commitment to the bit. They freaking left Henrique on the wing, who they acquired after having to play Derek Grant at first-line center. They it's... brought Henrique in to not have to do that. Very and then they're just odd. like, what if we just play them together? And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, it's just so dumb. That whole thing to me is just pretty <laughs> wild, man. I just, I had a hard time when I saw the projected lineup. I was like, oh, huh? <laughs> Wait a minute here. No, is there nobody else? <laughs> they had nobody else? 
Like, we couldn't have put Sam Steele on the top line. Like, I know they, they Steele had been playing well, um, but they just, I guess, for whatever reason, this little shakeup because the Ducks have had a hard time scoring and they thought Derek Grant was going to pump it up, I guess. But um, besides... Almost... No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, like, I, I honestly almost wonder if it is just, you know, losing Getzloff regardless of situation is going to hurt the team, right? Like just, he's, you know, he's a good player. So having him on, not on the ice is going to hurt. And it's almost like you, you're overthinking it and like, well, I don't want to mess with any of my other not good lines. So let me just tank the first line, you know? And I, I think Henry definitely looks better on the wing. I think Terry's looked good the last two games. They've certainly, uh, you know, I think there's, there's things about it, but it's just such an odd decision to put Derek Grant there instead of moving Sam Steele up, like you said, or even moving Lundestrom up, like you said. And then on top of that, you know. Who, by the way, had an outstanding game tonight, Lundestrom. Very visible Mm, tonight. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Um, (laughs) Because I was watching this game in last game, and I I just think it's really interesting how when you don't expect your kids to play like veterans five games into the season, they kind of start to develop. It's almost like a theme we've been talking about. They all are just slowly looking more comfortable. Like you can 100% look at the way the kids are playing right now and be like, oh, I see kind of what these guys can maybe turn into. Like it's nice to see. I don't think it can be overstated that they look their best against the other two worst teams in the division. Eh, True. But, you know. That's what they were given. That's what they were given. And, you know, that's how it starts, right? That's why you play them in the AHL because they're not NHL guys. And you allow them to learn and grow in that setting, and then you bring them up, and it gets a little harder, but they've learned more. It's kind of the same thing, right? Because, you know, I think they're, they're two bad teams. We're the third bad team, and it's kind of like, look at they're getting a little bit better. And to see them develop, you know, if they're not looking good by the end of the season against, you know, Minnesota or Arizona, then you have concerns. But I don't think I'm going to be mad at any of them for getting ragdolled by Vegas or Colorado. No, but to your point, though, we and we won't spend too much time on last night's loss, but I want to just, you know, derive positives out of it. Um, Max Comtois, hell of a game. Looks like mm-hmm. Ricard Raquel's brother. They had the same damn yep. haircut. I mean, to me, they look the same. A lot of the times, yeah, I'm like, quick. oh, they look the same. Yeah. <laughs> Troy Terry. It's really fun. What a hell of a heads-up play he made to actually cut to the middle of the ice and rip the puck. I mean, had a beauty of a bar-down goal last night, too. So another big thing we could pull from that is that he looked better. And I I know we're talking about the bottom of the barrel teams. We don't expect to be very good this year. But, hey, man, the way these kids have to develop is they got to start scoring somehow. And if they can get them against these teams, fine. I'm okay with that. Whatever builds these guys' confidence going forward. Right. And that's the thing, right? It's got to happen somewhere. It's got to happen eventually. And so I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that, like, they're looking good against lesser teams. Like I said, like, if – you know, come the end of the season or three years from now or whatever, and they still haven't improved, then yeah, it doesn't mean much. Right. But they're looking more comfortable every day. You know, I think tonight you saw that play where Terry just kind of slammed on the brakes, like two feet in from the blue line, and everybody goes by him. He watches the play develop. You kind of see some of that poise, see some of that vision that he's starting to have and really, you know, making the most of it. And I think it's I think it's nice, man. I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot of positives to be picked up that are small positives, right? I don't think there's any overarching positives, 
you know, where I'm like, oh, maybe this is going to turn around for us this year. No, like, no, not no, yet. No, no, no. But what you want in a year like this is to see individual players make improvements. Exactly. And that's what we're starting to get a little bit. And in a short season, you know, I think the timeline's a little sped up on them, unfortunately, and none of that's their fault. But, you know, they're all starting to look a little better. I mean, this had to be Lundestrom's best game tonight. Yeah, easily I, his best game. You know, I and I that's semi a low bar. He started out the year a little rough, but like he seems to be adapting more to the level of play and the speed of the game. And he seems to be having a better understanding of where he can kind of fit into what the ducks are trying to do and into an NHL game. Like it's nice to see. No, it really is. And that's, <clears throat> and we, let's talk about this because we can go right into tonight's game. Pretty much the lineup stayed the same. And in fact, I think it was the exact same tonight, except for John Gibson, not playing Ryan Miller. in. Uh, that was the only real difference on the, on the lineup sheet, but um, didn't start out. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I sat down at my desk, put on the stream on, on the computer, opened a beer, and like before I was like done, Couture scored. I was like, what the? <laughs> this is this is what we're going to do tonight? <laughs> this is going to be? Okay. I guess I'm going to drink all the beer I bought for Super Bowl tonight. So let's get started. <laughs> yeah. It was just... It was just... Take the air out of your sails real quick. Because, you know, the one thing about the game last night is it was fun, mm -hmm. even if it was bad. Well, I think that tonight was, was fun, too, though. Yes, but to start off that first 11 seconds with just that kind of sloppy play. Where yeah, you got it's pretty bad. Behind your goalie, getting behind your defense, and it's just like, uh, oh, okay. So last night was the aberration. Mm. And then, you know, they played a much better game for the other, you know, 59 and a half minutes. I mean, whatever. seriously, I feel like after that, that little 11-second uh, mark where Couture scored, I, I really feel like the first period, the Ducks really carried the play a lot, especially with that power play. Holy shit. I mean, where has this power play been? It's amazing when you decide to have movement that cuts through the center of the ice. Oh, well, wait a minute. You mean if I take a shot from the sidewall or the half wall and there's three guys lined up, it's not going to get through? But if I step in, make a move, and make a, a dish off to a guy who's in moving into the play, I have a chance. I mean, Dubnik really stood on his head tonight. I, I easily could have seen this being a 5-1 game in Anaheim's favor. Easily. And that power play yeah. could have scored four times. You know, I, I, I think, you know, I think both goalies played well enough to cover up for the teams in front of them. But I definitely think um, just on scoring chances, you know, I would say that definitely Anaheim carried it early. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's it's nice. You start to see, like you said, guys moving into the soft parts of the ice. You know, that's that's the benefit of being a man up is you don't have to match up hard. You know, you can try to stretch the defense out, get him out of position, make him uncomfortable. And then, you know, I think we've seen Heinen do that in the past. We've seen Raquel do that where he just starts to slide into these empty areas. And, you know, all you need is, you know, what, two seconds, a second and a half of not anybody around you and somebody gets you the puck and it's nice. Well, they do a so, lot of stuff like drive down the wall a bunch. They do it on in regular during five on five. Not a lot of cuts to the middle. And I know you want to kind of keep any sort of turnover um, is is away from the other team as much as possible. But I mean, Raquel draws a penalty while while doing that earlier or tonight too. Comes in through the blue line, cuts to the middle, takes a stick to the skate, goes down. It's another penalty. Ducks haven't really been a big beneficiary of these referees blowing the whistles lately. 
all of a sudden lately, or prior to the past couple of games, I should say, lately it seems like things are kind of evened out a little bit and they're getting those calls, but I also feel like it's how they're playing. They're mm-hmm. making the plays. They're trying to drive into the dangerous points of the ice and get inside the house uh, to get the shots on net, and they're getting taken out, and they get the power play opportunity. So it's it's a bit of a change from what we've been seeing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, I know I come on here and I just you know use all these stupid coaching cliches, but like it really <laughs> is sometimes as simple as moving your feet. You know, you're not going to get any calls standing still or coasting when your feet are moving. You know, because the thing of it is, it's like you've got what. A, you know, five foot, six foot stick at the end of your hand. And you're just like sticking it out there. If you pick a foot up and step over it, you're going to trip yourself, but it's on the other guy. And that's how you generate penalties. You know what I mean? And so I think, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the year, if the ducks are going to have a chance to be competitive on a nightly basis, they're going to need great goaltending, which they're getting and a power play, which they don't have. But tonight, and you know, you can kind of see some of that where you're looking at, you know, I think the other thing is is the passes along the blue line on the power play don't feel so, like, scripted. You know what I mean? Because I feel like in the past it's just been like, okay, nothing here, pass it this way. Okay, nothing here, pass it back. Then pass it down, pass it up. And it's just real just kind of going through the motions where what you're seeing here is you're seeing guys move around. You're seeing guys try to find empty areas. And then you've got guys like Lindholm who are just like, I'm going to wait and find a lane and shoot it. You know, and I think that's the difference, right, is they're looking for lanes instead of just trying to get shots off. And I think that makes a big difference. Well, yeah, anytime you want to move the puck off to the weak side of the ice with <clears throat> mobility. If you get a guy standing still, a lot of the times it's not really going to create any sort of dangerous chance unless he's already parked on the side of the net, wide open, tapping. But, yeah, you're right, the soft spot the soft spot on the ice, the, the weak side of the ice, That's we're talking about the same thing here, right? Yeah, I think that <clears throat> it's it's easy for us to see, and I know we're not professional coaches, <laughs> but right. it's it's nice to see the change happen on the ice for the Ducks because so many other teams do these things, and I mm-hmm. feel like to finally see the past couple of games, hopefully it's a trend that continues. Um, we see a lot of the young guys being able to wheel a lot more too and get a lot more freedom with a puck. That's a big deal too on this team. Finally, I kind of feel like these guys are coming into their own a little bit. So that should be nice going forward. Hopefully this continues because we got Vegas Tuesday and Thursday. And my God, help us because we're going to need as much of that as possible. Yeah. And, you know, I think it kind of ties into what we were talking about a little bit off the top is that, you know, you're seeing some of these young guys get more comfortable. And these young guys need to play big roles for this team. Like there just aren't any other options. And so, you know, as guys like Comtois and Terry and Steele get more comfortable, they're able to make a little bit better plays and, you know, they they don't feel like they're as rushed. You know what I mean? I think one of the early comments on Lunderstrom was that he doesn't want to keep the puck on his stick. And the result of that is you don't want to make turnovers. You know, you can't turn the puck over if you pass it to your guy before right. anybody comes near you. And so, you know, when you see guys being willing to hold it a little bit more or even just kind of slam on the brakes at the half wall and try to turn the other direction, like it's little things like that, that give you a little bit of hope and, that stuff starts to build and the team starts to play a little bit better. And now we have a power play that might be 25th instead of 30th. Let's <laughs> you hope know so. What I mean? But it's progress. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, like we've talked about, that's where we're at with the ducks this season is we're looking for little small improvements from individual players that you hope can carry over into next year. So if we go to the second period too, that's where we see Lundestrup score his goal. 
it was a uh, a Lindy or a, a Lindy to Lundy is what I called it. I think on Twitter or a Lundy from Lindy. <laughs> Because uh, at first I thought Lindy scored. And then you see the replay. I'm like, oh, no, he did not. Lundestrom was trying to get out of the way. Caught the shaft of his stick. Gets right by Dubnik. I mean, Dubnik was on fire tonight. Just insanity for Dubnik. And, and some and some of the cases later against Raquel. I think Ricard Raquel is just, he's due for a, a monster game. Because he was absolutely robbed several times tonight. But Lundestrom gets his first career goal. Um what is your overall takeaway from him in particular? We talked a lot about the young guys. You mentioned him not wanting to turn the puck over, but do you see anything in his game the past, from, from tonight that you think that maybe is going to keep him in the lineup going forward against Vegas? I yeah, I you know, I I think he looks a little bit la, a little bit more fearless, you know. He's he's getting below the goal line, he's making plays, you know, he doesn't look lost. You know, I, I got to be honest, I uh, when I, you know, you first read about these guys and they're like, oh, he's like a depth center. And I'm like, great, that's awesome. Two way depth center. <laughs> and then he hits the league and you're like, oh, I think he's probably going to end up as a wing. And I think tonight and last night, you know, there's some hope now that you're like, oh, OK, maybe he actually has a chance to be, you know, a bottom six center in this league, which is great. You know, I, I think uh, he's got good above average skills in most things i don't think he's elite at anything and i don't know that any of his skills blow you away Mm -hmm. but i do think the collection of it um and he's he's got some hockey smarts you know what i mean like he you can tell that he he understands what he's supposed to be doing and it's more about his comfort level you know i think uh he's really aggressive on the forecheck which someone like dallas eakins is gonna love Yep. You know what I mean? And that's, that's you know, when you've got him playing, who was he playing between tonight? My brain just turned off. Uh, yeah, Raquel and Comtois. Yeah, that that's line, perfect. by the way, pretty much Ricard Raquel had an 80% Corsi tonight, which is, I know Corsi, everyone, you know, nerd alert over here talking about shot attempts, but the, the <clears> shot attempts <throat> were 28 to 7. Like, that's including non-5-on-5 five five attempts, but insane amount of control that line had that that line was amazing tonight by far by far the best line on Anaheim easily yeah I mean you know I think what you're saying is Raquel playing with guys of some level of skill you know and a little bit more speed you know I mean before he's been kind of stuck with Silverberg and Getzloff and neither of those guys are fast and Getzloff's an incredible passer but Getzloff he's not going to move a lot. You know what I mean? I think when you've got guys like Comtois and you've got guys like uh, Lundy, like you got guys who are willing to move around and, you know, maybe kind of get a cycle going in a less traditional way that, you know, get it down. You go to the front of the net instead of just kind of the same three guys just circling in the left corner. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I think it's nice, you know, uh, this was one of the things for me last night that my takeaway was, is it's like, it's kind of incredible when you start playing, uh, younger guys with better veterans, they don't look at it. You know, I just think to whatever extent Comtois, Steele, and Terry didn't work because there was nobody on that line that could settle the rest of it down. You know, I think they had moments where they looked really good and they had moments where they just looked completely lost. And I think having a Henrique play with a Terry 
having a Raquel play with a Comtois and a Lundestrom, you know, having Silverberg play with Steel. Like, you're starting to see these guys who can kind of do little things that make the games easier for the younger guys and allow them to find their games. You know, I, I do think that Eakins has kind of found something with some of these lines. And the sooner we can get Grant out of that first line, the better we're all going to feel. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think it's pretty remarkable, you know, that we're sitting here at this point and none of us think Delorier should come out of the lineup. True. Very true. You know what I, I, I think? Many I nights think I thought Shattenkirk should come out of the lineup, but. I'm still not convinced that's not the best option. Um, i also not convinced we shouldn't just play him at forward because he doesn't play <laughs> defense anyways. Lindholm's definitely but, driving that defensive pair. I, that's I, 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 so you and I've talked that on Twitter, but he's he's really having he's himself quite so the year, man. Good. Yeah, he really is. Like he, I don't know if he heard people saying that he's not a true number one defenseman, but like he took something personal, man. He's got a point to prove this year. He looked great. Well, I mean, he was paired with Manson that was successful. We've talked about this so many times in the show, but it's just he was paired with Manson years ago. Things were great. Then they swapped, swapped partners, changed things up, didn't work, went back to Manson, Lindholm. They were not good together. They're just, for whatever reason, not good. Something this season so far, I mean, this is the Hampus that we have been we were talking about a few seasons ago where we're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, he is legit. This guy knows how to exit the zone. He knows how to you know retrieve the puck and not you know rim it around the boards and hope to God it doesn't go for an icing. This guy actually makes a smart pass. He was able, and he's able to skate well enough too to get out of danger. Mm-hmm. And he can put on the odd point, right? He scores now and again, assists now and again. Um, Dude, he leads the blue line in shots. It's insane, right? That's not that is not what you would have thought coming into this year was going to be it. You know, you would have said it's going to be Shattenkirk, and if it's not Shattenkirk, it's Fowler. Mm-hmm. Those would have been your two guesses. And it's Lindholm. And I don't think any of us are sitting at home being like, "You should shoot less." No, no one's saying that about about Lindy. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he he really does. He seems to have kind of found a new level. You know, I think, you know, I do think that some of the issues that Manson and him had in their second stint together was more about the limitations of the pairing offensively. I I, I understand that they didn't look as good on defense as well, but I do think there was a little bit of a book where you're like, okay, this line isn't going to generate a lot of offense from the back. So we can maybe try to be a little bit more aggressive and get him and see if we can catch him out of place. Because you don't have to worry about those two running the other direction, right? Like a Carlson or a Burns, where now all of a sudden they're you're True. fourth forward. But I think, you know, Lindholm's game has developed. And, you know, for all of my bitching about Shattenkirk, like <laughs> he can competently skate with the puck. You know what I mean? Like he can take the puck out of the zone. He can make a pass. I think he, he would make us all rush. feel a little better if he would score a few power play goals, right? Like I feel like that was the main reason huge. why he was brought in was to run the power play. We needed somebody to run the power play because nobody seemed to be able to do it. And he's just hasn't looked impressive on the power play at all. Yeah. I mean, I think I made that point on, you know, on Twitter like a week and a half ago or something like that, that like, you live with him getting burned in his own end if the power play's clicking. The problem is the power play is not clicking. So now you're looking at Shattenkirk like, all right, man, what are you even doing here? <laughs> you know, and again, it's not fair. I'm not going to look any better out there. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand that, but it is the context is, is he was brought in to be an offensive presence on the back end and really to boost that power play. And we just haven't really seen it yet. 
you know, I feel like the majority of the power play chances have been generated by other players. Especially you tonight. Know. That forward group looked really nice in the power play a few times, especially that first power play. Later on, not so much. We had a couple wasted ones, but uh, hopefully we see something <coughs> change there. And it's, I wonder if it's almost time we bring back the Walrus. We bring back, uh, we bring back McLean to run the power play. Maybe we, maybe we change things oh. up again. <laughs> if he's, he's still he's coaching, I don't know if he's somewhere. still coaching anywhere anymore. <laughs> he's an assistant coach somewhere right now. Paul McLean is where. still. Yeah, I'm gonna look yeah, it up. Look it up. Where is the Paul Walrus? <laughs> assistant coach with the Maple Leafs. That's oh, right. Gee, what a tough gig he's got. <laughs> he's running an all-star lineup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Uh, What's the plan for the power play? I don't know. I just tell uh, John and Mitch and Austin to do whatever they want to do and tell everybody else not to screw it up for them. Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, go out and have fun, boys. <laughs> That's you it. know, so it's – but, I, you know, I think Heinen has been a revelation this year. He's I, sneaky good. He's, he's sneaky good. good. And, you know, he's not he's not great in a way that – you know, you're in awe when you're watching him all the time. But what he does is he's he's never really out of position. He makes really smart plays, and he has a knack for finding himself with the stick on his puck and dangerous chances. And he's got a shot, man. You know, he's he's shown that he can beat a goalie. And so I think you know he. This was kind of what I was thinking about tonight because of the whole Trevor Zegers thing in the two games and all. Oh, that. we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll yeah, definitely but get to that. You know. Sorry, I had to get a beverage. <laughs> Got the cooler. It's by Saturday. The... I gotta get my get my banquet on tonight. Get your adult beverage. <laughs> but I think you know you can start to see where these guys fit in a competitive lineup. You know, you can look at Comtois and Heinen and Terry and go, yeah, you can start to fill out a top nine with those guys. You can look at Steele and go, yeah, if he doesn't have to be the man, he can be a very effective player. And so that's kind of where your Zegers thing comes in, right? Where you're like, oh, what if we just bring in like someone who at the very least has all-star level potential? Because I don't think there's really anybody else on the team other than him and Drysdale and maybe Perot who you could go, ooh, they've got a chance at being a legitimate all-star. What do you think about the comments in our chat right now? Jay Southern 5 said, Eric Stevens made an observation that Heinen was team low in minutes first and second period tonight interesting like i thought i didn't even really notice that and i looked at the minutes right now uh time on ice tonight go figure cam fowler with the most minutes tonight ricard raquel second lindy third Schatz fourth larson comtois hockey you go all the way down the line heinen was dead last night 12 minutes played less than delorier interesting yeah. you know you can't have guys out playing your first line left winger <laughs> That's very true. Very, I, you know, very true. I, I don't know, man. Maybe, you know, I, I will say I don't know that I noticed him a ton tonight. I think, uh, you know, my comments have been a little bit more about uh, the scope of the season and how just I've been impressed with him. I thought he looked great last night, to be honest. But, you know, if, you know, he sat with uh, Henrik and Raquel, what was that, a week and a half ago? When well, tonight Henrik it was Steele and Silverberg, and they only played seven minutes and 58 seconds tonight on five on five. That's weird. That's genuinely weird. I wonder how much of that is Bacchus going down early. Hmm. 
Because he came back, but I just wonder if any of that had to do with it or if Heinen's just having a bad night. You know, you're having a bad night, you're having a bad night. I'm not I'm not going to be mad at anybody. Every it. time somebody was tired, they just threw Raquel Comtois and Lennis from over the boards. Like, go go play. Come on. You guys, yeah. are, you guys have it tonight. Go do it. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially for a team that doesn't actually have a number one line, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to ride the hot hand every night. The question is, is if you have enough guys who can generate a hot hand. <laughs> And so, you know, uh, I think a 1-1 game tonight was all right. I don't think, you know, it was the typical 1-1 game that I think some of us would be expecting in a game of two bad teams. Well, I mean, Ricard Raquel absolutely robbed by a, a goal stickless Devin Dubnik. I mean, no business that puck had from staying out of the net, but... It didn't go in, obviously. That was brutal for the Ducks. And then in, and then the shootout... I mean, I like the I like the Comtois shot, man. He just ripped that right through Devin Dubnik, man. Well, what's funny is he took that same shot earlier in the game, and he just got too high. Mm-hmm. And so to see him then uh, go back to it, I thought was great. You know, and it Terry just shows scored. a level of confidence. Mm-hmm. The kids did it tonight in the shootout. Yeah, I'm, you know, Shattenkirk uh, didn't go well. Why? Oh. What's wrong with my background? It's my Ducks win background. <laughs> It's the future that we deserve. What's wrong with you? Nobody likes your background, man. I don't understand. I love my background. Steven needs to change his background. That's what Dave says. Let's get. Oh, my to... left shoulder oh. keeps disappearing. How? Because yeah, every time you lean back, you you, uh, you kind of disappear into the into the darkness that is the future, according to your background. <laughs> <laughs> the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So we have plenty to talk about in this postgame. We're at the about the 30-minute mark, 32-minute mark tonight on the show. I want, to, I want you to kind of uh, talk to us a little bit about, just give us a quick, you know, excerpt of what we're going to be doing this next weekend before Valentine's Day for Patreon. For those who aren't involved in our oh. Patreon, we're doing a special series coming up that Steven has put together for us. Uh, we're going to be doing... We're going to do an all-time Ducks draft. Mm-hmm. We're going to each do full rosters. Uh, of Ducks players, the limit uh, on games or the minimum is going to be 60 games. So a couple of guys, we can get into this a little bit before, but like David Perron doesn't make the cut. I don't think Carl Haglin makes the cut. But just, you know, it's kind of fun. I think it would be a good way for us to just kind of talk about some people and, uh, you know, just have a little bit of fun. And well, we're going to have to segment it, right? Because there's no way we're going to be able to do yeah, we're all these it. players. Yeah. I think we're doing 10 and 13 just because the first half is going to be a lot of the names that you expect, but that'll also be a lot of the fun and, you know, some of that stuff. And then the back end, it'll be a little bit of like, you know, me and Pat sounding old because we're taking all <laughs> Brad May and all those guys. Yeah, Todd Marchant's my second line center. I don't care. You know. As long as I can get Jim so, McKenzie, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think you played enough up. games. Well, you Fine. know it's going to be you and I. You're trying to be getting the Grim Reaper for the fourth line. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, dude. That's definitely going to be 100. 
I'm putting Sean Thornton and uh, George Peros on uh, both sides of Steve Ruchin. That's what it's going to be. That's your old line. But, yeah, man, we're going to do that for, for Pucks and Brews, and it should be a blast. And, you know, hopefully we'll all drink a little bit except for Eddie. And uh, it'll get a little silly. Drink. Like that's mm-hmm. we can't have any more excuses for Ed. Like he has this whole thing. <laughs> like Ed's been doing the show. Uh, he and I started the show, and then and then uh, Jason joined over. He was able to do it, and then now you're on. Keith's been on. We've had people sub in before, but like Eddie's been here long enough to know. We do. We've done pucks and brews for years. We we discussed this in our Twitter chat for a week <laughs> at a time about when it is, like how we're going to schedule it and make sure it's going to happen. And like, everyone's got wives, girlfriends, families, kids. And like, sometimes he's like, ah, oh, dude, I, I just never made it to the store to get alcohol. I was like, Oh my God. All you really have to do is when you're at the grocery store, whenever you go, just, just buy a bottle of whatever. Just when you're at the store, you go to the store more than once a week. And he, look at Eddie's chiming in on chat. He's listening to the damn show. He's, he's our forever mighty in the chat right now. It's true. Ed sometimes forgets alcohol. So Eddie has to drink during the draft. It's going to be a good time. Uh, you guys should definitely join us. If you haven't already signed up for Patreon and you're interested in supporting the show, getting a, uh, a couple extra shows a month on extra content. Sometimes we're going to be doing more. Like Steven has another thing he did. Um, we just put out today as an extra episode. We're going to be trying to do more stuff like that. We'll talk about later. Just go to patreon.com slash forever mighty. And you're able to sign up for our Patreon uh, and join that or join our discord. Go to the extra shows. It's a good time. Uh, it's you get you get to see more of our personalities. We get to rip on each other and have some drinks, and you guys you guys can join in too. But um, looking forward yeah. to that, man. It's gonna. I'm hoping it'll be fun. You know, it's something that I've been thinking about for a little bit, and uh, you know, fortunately, you guys are all kind enough to bring me into your little motley crew here, and I, I'm really excited about the chance to do it. And it'll be a lot of fun. You know, I think uh, there's a lot of names that we'll forget or have forgotten that are going to come up and there's going to be a lot of, Oh, that's right. And I think that's going to be the fun of it. You know, and there's four of us and the ducks have only been around for 27 years. Yeah. You know, so there's not, you know, there's not a huge amount of like, if you players. were to do the red wings, we would be, right. it'd be that's insane. That's the thing, right? Cause if it's the red wings or Montreal, you know, it's, it's all friggin', uh, what do you call it? It's like all at that point, it's just all all-star teams. Yeah. Everyone gets the all-star teams. Me, you know, is going to be the guys at the bottom of the roster where you're like, Oh yeah, why not? Like someone's going to pick Keith Carney and that's going to be funny. <laughs> Keith Carney wasn't bad. He made an Olympic team, but he's still Keith Carney. I mean, you Keith Carney I mean? fed Steve Ruchin to sweep the red wings. So I remember that yeah. goal. Yeah, Carney, Carney made it happen. Beach, baby. Is my point. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm stoked about uh, about next It'll Saturday show. It'll be a good time. Plus, we're going to make fun of Eddie for every time he picks an American. So Yeah, and people in the chat are agreeing with me that Eddie doesn't drink, so I appreciate everybody uh, you know, who's coming to my side on that. But uh, it'll be a good time. <laughs> yeah, get, it'll let's, be fun. Let's, and like, uh, go like, ahead, man. I was going to say, just like Pat said, you know, we're really going to, we're really trying to, you know, talk amongst ourselves about ways that we can improve the Patreon experience for you guys and make it more fun, you know. Uh, we've got the discord, you know, we jump in there when none of us feel like working during the day. I've been trying to be a little bit more active in there. Uh, you know, we're trying to make it, it really worth it and just build our own little community and just have some fun, you know, especially right now when 
being a Ducks fan is semi-self-masochistic. Uh, you know, it's it's a good little way to kill some time and to have some fun. So we really hope that any of you guys want to join us. That'd be great. We'd yeah, love to have you guys. Absolutely. Um, so let's get to the post-game show. The Ducks split the series one and one. Both shootout games. Shootout loss, shootout win. But... Um, there's some kid down in San Diego has five points in two games, and uh, I don't know, kind of making waves on on Twitter from people around. He's the a league. little skinny though. I don't know if he can make it in the big leagues. Trevor Zegras, I mean, just to me looks very dominant with San Diego. I mean, this kid could be a lot of fun in Anaheim. Is it time? Do we do we bring up Zegras? He has two goals in two games plus three assists. Is this? Is this the time that we that we bring up we bring up Z? I I don't know how long they can put it off. Like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go the direct opposite way no, and be like, no really way, is. we can't like, bring him up yet. Like Timu's talking about it. Dmitry Filipovich is talking about it. You know, I the number of chicklets had him on the uh, on their yeah, Instagram, like the number of people who do not talk about ducks hockey that are so excited for this kid. You know, and and I do think a big part of it is we're coming off of World Juniors, and we saw what he could do at World Juniors. You know, and that was amongst his peers. For and the that's, second year in a row, World Juniors, he dominates. And so I think, you know, I think Anaheim really does kind of owe it to themselves to try to ride some of this a little bit. You know, like we saw last night, they're not going to be good. I'd rather watch a four-four game than a one-nothing game. You know what I mean? And bringing up a guy like Zegris or Zegris, I don't know. I think I try to say it differently just to piss off everybody. Uh, <laughs> you know, bringing him up, like, it just makes the team more fun. It makes it more uh, enjoyable. You know, he plays with a sense of joy that I just think could be a real boost for this team, just emotionally on a nightly basis when you have someone like that who's just like, Screw it. Let's just toss it around and have some fun. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he's not competitive. You know what I mean? He's got a nasty streak to him. Uh, and he's well, what, young. Did, what, did, what did Filipovich say? Like, bring this guy to the NHL yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Like, get him up here. Team, you know, Timu's out here being just bashing Bob Murray like he's he's on it. <sighs> yeah, that's, that's going to be the theme this season. It really, really is. The theme of Bob Murray not being awesome. Is, and I defended Bob for a long time. Oh, I am a that's... big Bob. I am a big Bob defender. I uh, I think I talked about it with Eddie last time. You know, I, I do think there's going to come a point where we all look back and we're very appreciative for what he did, the stability, the consistency that he bought to, brought to the franchise. At the same time, you can just be in one place for too long. Yep. And I, I do think at this point, you know, there's not a lot to be gained by him staying around um, not at this point you know i don't know if that means promoting madden i don't know if that brings bringing in someone from outside like tolsky which is my personal <laughs> favorite thing in the world because i think it's really hard to look at those carolina teams and not be like oh yeah that would be fun uh you know so I just think I have a hard time thinking there's anything to be lost by bringing Zegers up, you know. And like I talked about uh, on the uh, interview I did with John for from Defend the Nest, if he doesn't look good, you can send him back down. Like there's no law that once you bring him up, he has to stay. If he's not ready, you send him back down, which is across the street. They're in Irvine. But looking at this team, how is he not ready? 
Like you're gonna put a kid on the ice that is dominant. I mean, I think it, I, I can't remember who who said it. I think it was Hockey Pro Training. Is other guy I follow on Instagram might have been Spitting Chicklets too. It was like the no selly swag he had on that shootout with. <laughs> I forgot who we who they're playing against that night, but just comes in. It just looked like it was so easy for him, mm-hmm. and he skates away like barely taps his stick and asks a gas score or whatever. Guys like bring me up to the show. It's where I wants to go. But like you said, he doesn't lack the compete. It's like he's pouting. He's not playing. This kid is Ooh. is is kicking ass. I mean, he yeah. he did the fake. He tried to fake the Michigan last night. Okay, <laughs> we need to talk about this. Here is my question. Did he fumble it, or was it a fake? He tried I it twice. Faked it twice. Why would so he do it, it twice it and then fumble. rip that pass? I don't think it was a fumble. I think he. I think maybe the first time he was going to try to do it because the goalie was sitting low, and then when the goalie saw him, he saw the peak of the shoulder. He goes to raise his shoulder, so maybe he tried to do it again. And then I think I think the second time for sure was a fake. Yeah. Maybe you could catch me on the first time. Maybe not. But the second time for sure, he faked out everybody. And I thought that was genius. Like. Like, I just think that is such a perfect example of something that this team, even at their best, has lacked, which is just that brazenness. You know what I mean? Like, the closest I can think of personally for me is when Bobby Ryan would just tear ass down that left wing, and he would just decide, I'm going to lean into you, and I'm bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And he would just cut to the front, and I don't know how he did it. I think he was the only person with a stick, you know, as long as Chara's. You know, and he would just put it out there and he would just make you try to get it. You know, he made Pat Sajak cry. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and I just, it's so much fun to just have somebody who wants to try that. And the idea that he was either A, I'm going to do the Michigan, or B, I'm going to fake the Michigan. Like, what? Who? And then he's like, oh, yeah, and then I'm just going to pass it to this defenseman who's coming down on the side. And it's just like, yeah. And then look, and nobody Curran, saw that defender other than him. Nobody. And then Curran could even wait it out. He <laughs> waited it out and blasted it. And I'm just like, what are we doing, guys? Like, I, you know, I started off the season wanting to really slow play it and be real conservative with Zegras. And at this point, man, just get his ass in Anaheim. Hey, Drysdale scored tonight, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a beauty, too. That's the that's like that's like the new top cheese, right? Like just above the pad, below the blocker, below the glove. That's that's the new that's the new spot. That's and sweet, man. You picked it, man. I mean, if you listen to you listen to Hazy, that's the one thing he, he knows is how to beat a goaltender. Because he's he was beaten to death in his NHL career. Yeah, <laughs> he and Darren Pang, amazing up. goaltenders. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if nothing else, Hayward has one of the five to six greatest masks of all time from his time in San Jose. Which, what was it? Was it like the it's full... The like... shark, it's a shark mouth. Oh, okay. It's a full shark mouth that's eating the goalie mask. It's... Oh, dude, it's incredible. And you're just like, that's so... And then you listen to him now, and I'm like, you're such a dork, dude. Like, how did you have like one of the coolest masks in the world? But, you know, it, it's... It's fun. I just don't know what they're waiting for. I definitely think Drysdale should stay down a little bit. Um... I don't know that his talent feels as overwhelming to me at this point. Yeah, he's not as dynamic as Trevor Zegers is. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. He's he's a little quieter. Doesn't have to be flashy to be good. I'm not saying that, but I think that we have our defenseman kind of settled 
as mm-hmm. it looks right now. And I don't think bringing him up on this murder murderous row of teams you're playing night in and night out outside of L.A. and San Jose is a great idea for him, honestly. Yeah, I, I definitely think he, he gets a shot by the end of the year. You know, maybe in the last 10 games or so, they'll give him one or two and see how he looks. But I, I definitely think it would be good for him to stay down. I think because, uh, you know, the one thing you can say is Zegers at least played college last year. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was there was that next step up, that intermediary step, and he looks entirely too comfortable for the AHL right now. You know, and I and I think that's what it is. You know, it's it's about adapting to the pro speed. I don't think any of us thought he didn't have the talent or the skill. It was just how quickly is he going to be able to adapt to the game, and he seems to be taking to it really well, man. I got to ask you this question. I don't know how much, at least I don't remember how much you were in on on Twitter on this, but uh, when Bob McKenzie came out the other day, we're going to shift gears completely away from all the fun. We're going to talk yeah. about something ridiculous. Uh, but Tony D'Angelo uh, gets in a fight with a teammate, gets punched allegedly by Chris Kreider, is no longer on Twitter, uh, gets gets waved by the New York Rangers. Then there's this whole amazing thread on Twitter about a burner account where <laughs> people are saying he's being traded and like him like messaging his agent, all this bull crap that's going on online. It's pretty amazing. There was a, a segment, I believe it was on NHL uh, NHL Network, or uh, some network, I don't remember which one it was, but Bob McKenzie said that teams in Southern California were doing their due diligence, Kings and Ducks, amongst other teams, on Tony D'Angelo kicking the tires. It was like the old adage that, that uh, the old timers like to say in mm-hmm. hockey. Um, do you really think that this guy is coming to Anaheim or there is any sort of possibility of him even stepping foot in this locker room here? Because... I'm going to say no. I don't think it's even a, a thought that crosses the, the management's mind here. Not with all these kids here. So, I think So I think there is an overarching truth to the situation as far as how toxic he is, how, how many different teams have just not wanted to hold on to him at some point. You know what I mean? Iserman drafted him in Tampa Bay and he was like, look, yeah, we looked into it, but he was young. And we think one, he has the talent and two, he has, he deserves a chance to not be who he was at 17. Right. Mm. Because I think we can all admit, like, I don't think necessarily that any of us were doing anything racist per se, but we've all done things when we were 17 or 16 or 18 or whatever that we're like, yeah, no, there was no reason for me to be doing that. I am not, against the idea of anybody having a second chance to prove that they have grown. The other part of it is Bob Murray looked at this blue line and said, Kevin Shattenkirk, I need to bring him in. Why? He's a right-handed offensive defenseman. Even Shattenkirk, Shattenkirk has come in. I, you know, there could be a hundred different reasons why he's not producing at the level that some of us were hoping he would. But he just hasn't had that impact right away. No. I would say when you find out that there is a guy who put up 50 points in 70 games last year from the back end, you it would be it would be neglect not to look into it, right? Because that is a player with a skill set that can help the team. The problem is, is everything else about it is so toxic and so just ridiculous and and 
you know, his inability to show any sense of remorse for what he's done, his inability to even try and pretend like he's grown. You know what I mean? Like, you to know, hide I, the puck from Andre Miller. Like, I, he's such a piece of trash, dude. Like, he is and it, absolutely toxic. And here's the thing, right? Like, it is that that story has been somewhat disputed by a bunch of different parties. I think there is a lot of different reasons why that's the case, not the least of which everybody agrees they look stupid in that one, right? Like, everybody but Ke'Andre Miller looks like an absolute trash in that because the Rangers for letting it happen, him for letting it do it. It's, you know, if that can, if it, if that is true, that's awful. But the thing I think that we also run into here is a lot of people are talking about like, oh, it's his politics and it's his politics. Dude, it's the NHL. A lot of these guys agree with his politics. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Do you know how big of an asshole you have to be for the NHL to move on from you? Mm-hmm. Sean Avery got multiple chances. Like, I, and nobody likes Sean Avery. So Scott Wheeler has a great thread on Tony D'Angelo. Um, he added earlier tonight. And the first one, he goes, his chances list. I'm not going to read all of them. If you want to read all of them, you can go and check them out. It's on Scott. It's at Scott Wheeler on Twitter. But his first one says, if your first chance is just anything before you're given a second chance, he was born into privilege as a white kid from Jersey whose parents could afford to put him in AAA hockey and let him move to the USHL at 14. Youngest player in the league. Fine. Second one. He's infamously, I can't speak tonight, a problem in minor hockey, racking up 176 PIMs in 29 games at 13 years old. He suspended his NHL draft here for violating the league's harassment, abuse, and diversity policy when he abuses an official. Kid's 13. It's like, and then you go on and on and on. You go through all of these, and he has up to eight on here about why this guy is not just a Sometimes he says a bad thing, or he he made a he made right. a slip and said something wrong, or he he said something out of line. Uh, this guy's a definite problem, and it's a waste yeah. of talent, pure yeah. waste of talent. You know, uh, some people would say I, they would never support the Ducks again; they would not be a fan of the team. I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, I just would hate the player. I was talking with a you know, fan of the show, listener Jimmy, last night about it, and he's like, "I hate Tyler, or I hate Todd Bertuzzi." I hated the fact he played in with the Ducks. I think he's a piece of crap too. A little mm-hmm. different from the D'Angelo situation for sure. There's been, you know, it happens. But I mean, I guess maybe D'Angelo is that special case. Like, really, you're gonna bring this guy in here? He's like a, a serious problem. Yeah, and I, I think too. You know, one of the things that is just the truth of professional sports, right? Is that if your talent level can exceed whatever headache that you cause there is always going to be teams out of just self-interest who mm-hmm. are going to be willing to give you the opportunity i don't see even with again 50 points in 70 games that his talent exceeds his headache he has shown no interest in trying to evolve be remorseful, apologize, like nothing, not even some, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings crap. Like he's not even there. He's just, 
no, screw you. Everything I do is fine, and everyone's out to get me. And cancel culture this, and cancel culture that. And he's like, a, he's a complete idiot, dude. He's yeah, he's a complete. Like, okay, and he's, fine, he's a piece but, of trash by far. Yeah, you know what? He's gonna get a chance to play somewhere. I don't know that it's in the NHL. I don't think so. He's not but playing the NHL. No one's how, picking him up. Oh, you don't think if he goes over to Europe and puts up what a hundred points in a season and a half, a hundred points in two seasons, that somebody's not bringing him back? You really think they're gonna bring in a reclamation project like that to here? Like this is not, this is not a guy who has substance abuse issues, like mm-hmm. a, a serious problem that people can overcome and get away. This guy has serious character flaws. Like right, he was born with massive problems, and I don't really think there's a way for him to ever overcome that train of thought. Maybe I'm wrong. I I just I can't see it. And you know, honestly, when you're employed by anybody, the NHL obviously is a business. They're in the market to make money. Why would you put this guy on your team? Like, this is not going to sell jerseys. It's going to get people to not like you and to make you a yeah. meme online. And this would be the worst thing <laughs> of all the teams in the league that the Ducks could do right now is bring on a guy like that. It would be yeah. insane. Oh, I, I completely agree. I just so name the team. Who's he going to? Are you going to say a Canadian team? I, I oh God, no! I don't even know. I <laughs> Florida. What is he gonna go to the Panthers? Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he goes to Arizona. They don't seem to mind that problem. Um, I I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where right now he's too toxic and his the headache is it, it just outweighs everything. But I just don't know that my opinion of the NHL is high enough to say that he never gets a shot again. Ah, in today's NHL, I would I would disagree. Two years ago. Three years ago, I'd be like, well, yeah, someone's going to pick him up. <laughs> I think someone's going to bring him I, back in. And maybe that's just me being a jerk, you know what I mean, and just not wanting to give the NHL any credit. But I, I just, man, I, he's going to end up in a league somewhere. It's probably going to be in Europe, and it's basically going to see, can he just be so good that he forces somebody's hand to pick him up? Well, let's let's round out the show. we got five minutes left on a high note. Uh, you and I were arguing about this on Twitter before we came on tonight. Uh, we continued this argument into the show or the pre-show where Eddie was like, you guys can argue this on the show because we got to start talking about hockey. Um, why don't you like Del Taco? Because it's bad. <sighs> that's, that's, that's not a real answer, one. And, and two, it's very wrong. And um, I don't really see where your point's coming from here. I mean, I mean, if you're going to say that it's bad, Name a better fast food taco joint. Taco Bell. Every time. Oh, oh my God. I just wish I could just reach through the screen and just shake you. And it's like, their food is not good. Like, Taco Bell just doesn't have... Here's, like, what here's do they have? The like, Taco Bell tried to bring pizza. Tried to make pizza good with their food. It sucked. Their food sucks so bad. They're like, oh, Del Taco's got fries. Everyone likes that. Let's bring. Let's get our own fries. Not as good as Del Taco. They don't have chili cheese fries, dude. They don't have carne asada fries at, at Taco Bell. Taco Bell's trash. Like, I don't know where you're getting off of this argument. No, 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 that no, no, it's... no. Please understand. Taco Bell is objectively trash. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> it makes me so happy. I love fast food. Shane I says, can't... I'm eating Del Taco right now as we fucking speak. <laughs> I, I can't... Uh... The fries aren't good. They are delicious. The meat is flavorless. No, that's not true at all. What have you had from there? When was the last time you had it? Oh man, 
I actually had it more than I had had it in a while, about a year ago. I want to go Postmates some right now. I've had seven beers tonight. I should just go Postmates some Del Taco at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) It's, man, I just, I've never had Del Taco and been happy. The best thing at Del Taco is Cherry Coke. It must be all the shitty spots in L.A. Because you live in L.A. And L.A. sucks. So maybe the Del Tacos there just suck. Uh, or the one you go to sucks. You, you got to come out to Orange County. And you have to come over and we'll order some Del Taco. And like I told you what I'm going to do. I'm going to empty all the food out <laughs> into their own little places where we can self-serve food. I'll fry the, our own shells. But then you have to you're gonna eat Del Taco ground beef or chicken, whatever you want. And, you know, their own beans and all that stuff. And their sauce or their sauce is amazing. Del Scorch is amazing. It's amazing. You put that on my. I save the packets and put it on my on my eggs. Put it in my in my egg burritos. Like you're really missing out, especially by going over and just picking Taco Bell over it. Like that's. I love Taco Bell, man. I love Taco Bell. There's just Bell. nothing it's good about so it. Good. The only There's good thing good about fast food. No, the only good thing fast about about Taco Bell is is the Crunch Wrap Supreme. That's it. Oh yeah, it's incredible. It's it's, it's definitely it's the the Crunchwrap Supreme is truly uh, an elite fast food piece of garbage. I love it so much. <laughs> an elite. <laughs> I, it's so. I, I don't know. Man. The like, Del Taco I, is you get so much food for like dollar twenty five, and like Taco Bell just doesn't come close. Like they don't put enough food in their tortillas. It's just it's sad. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it makes me want to be like revolted and get my money back. I want to like throw the food at the people who made it because it's just not good. Like I would rather oh, go to Jack in the Box and get their tacos over Taco Bell any day. Any day. Way to go, soy boy. Only parts of it are soy. Yeah, I know. Look at it. It's not it's not, uh, it's not vegan or vegetarian. Don't try to throw that at me. I know. So okay, let's let's wrap up the show here with this. We got we got like ten seconds before we hit the hour mark. We can both agree in and out the superior fast food. Yeah. Oh no, in and out king. Over everybody else, right? That that's like the that's like the supreme. I mean, but it's like it's like in and out, and it's like Del Taco's like it's like right it's like right there. Yeah, and that's right if there. you zoom all the way out from space. And so the <laughs> seven thousand feet of difference between them actually doesn't look that big. Um, Everyone's saying fire, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen has no redeeming quality. I love this. I love how we got on the Tony D'Angelo topic, and okay, I was like, "There's so no way I could finish a show on a bummer." No, we got to we got to laugh oh. and have fun with fast food. So what is? So let's fast this then. What is your non In and Out go to fast food burger? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, non In and Out go to fast. And I would food. like to hear from the chat in here, please. So it has to have a drive through, right? That's yeah, the rule. Absolutely, it has to have a drive through. Okay. Um. Oh, Eddie's canceled. That's a ridiculous. I'm just not a fan of him. Um, non In and Out fast food burger. I've had friends say Del Taco's fast food burger is really good. I've never had it, never bought it, so I can't say it. Um, I would, you know, dude, I would have to go. Jack in the Box has really? the best burger. The ultimate bacon cheeseburger is the shit. That is that is a really good burger. That's a really good burger. If you want to eat a thousand calories in four bites. That's the place you go. Mm. <laughs> for, for a fast yeah. food burger. I, the bacon ultimate I, cheeseburger, man. 
That's a good burger. I'm not going to lie to you. I am a McDonald's guy through and through, though. (laughs) I I just... I don't know what just happened there. I just... uh... (laughs) Blinked out? (laughs) Yeah, I just... I just I just lapsed oh, in time there I for just, a minute. I just I can't deal with that. <clears throat> Wendy's is fine, guys. It's fine. It's <laughs> they got the square fine. burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Can we just talk about how stupid Wendy's is? Like this show's gone off the rails officially. Off the rails. Yeah. It's it's insane. But I just like someone was like, uh, I don't like. Uh, what did someone say on Twitter one time? It was like, oh, I don't like. Uh, Wendy's because the square burgers feel so unnatural. And then Wendy was like, oh yeah, because the they perfectly grow in circles on the burger tree. And everyone was like, oh, oh. Wendy's like, does oh, have a good Twitter though. Do they? Yeah. Or do we just have low standards? <laughs> like the Ducks power play? Like you mentioned, it's, it's got some low standards here. They scored one in 20. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's looking up. <laughs> Well, I think that'll be it for us tonight, guys. Thanks, everybody, for joining out on the show, uh, tuning in on a Saturday night pre-Super Bowl when everyone's probably preparing themselves, hydrating themselves for tomorrow's exciting game between uh, Mahomes yeah. and Tom Brady. Who, who do you got tomorrow? Oh, I refuse to root for Tom Brady. So I love Tom Brady. I hope he wins. I can't. How like, do you he, like Tom Brady? He literally leaves the Patriots and goes to all the other teams. Who wants to win a Super Bowl? There he is. He brings Gronk out of retirement. It's a good story. It's a good story. Yeah, it doesn't hurt that they already had a great team. But he just gets to pick. Pick this team, man. How do you like? How do you move for Tom Brady? <laughs> Here's the thing I'll say. He's the you. goat. He's the greatest of all time, easily. At a certain point, when Boston people like somebody, you have to not like that person. He is, you, uh, Tom Brady is to, is to football what Del Taco is to fast food. It's the goat. Yeah, I agree completely. It's the goat. Agree completely. <laughs> I knew you would take Not the bad route on that point. <laughs> I knew you'd love it. I got, I got, I got the uh, the Bucks. You're going for the for Kansas City, huh? Yeah, which I don't feel great about, but <laughs> yeah, well, I, we'll see what happens. Mahomes is good, and my pops went to high school with the enemy, so I want that guy to to do well. Yeah, well, let's go Brady, so we can talk about this. Uh, on Tuesday night show, we can all talk about the Super Bowl and, and, and what happened and how Steven was wrong about Del Taco. I'm sure this will be – someone create a meme about uh, with Steven and Del Taco. Please, somebody create something for us. Like, <laughs> It's going to be amazing. Like, Screenshot right, is his shitty, his shitty background. Right um, let's make a bet, me and you. Okay. If Kansas City wins, I get to pick your Taco Bell order okay. for Tuesday show. And we have to eat it on the air. On the air. Okay. If – the Bucks win. I will eat Del Taco during Tuesday's show. That's rough. You're you're taking my Taco Tuesday night and putting it at risk. Like that's that's at risk. That's okay. That's like... Let's be completely true. Taco Tuesday is about eating tacos, which are Mexican food. Neither Del Taco nor Taco Bell are Mexican food. Watch your mouth, dude. First of all, Del Taco is 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 really good Mexican food. It's, it's not Mexican it food. It's Americanized Mexican food. Yeah, it's sure. not Mexican food. It is. It's not Mexican food. It's more so than Taco Bell is. That, that's not how that works. <laughs> Neither of them are Mexican food. So this is what we're doing then. You get to pick my order for Del Taco, 
and then uh, I get to pick your order for Del Taco. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we both get to pick Del Taco orders. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But Taco Bell for you. Ah, well, we'll see So that you can actually eat something that tastes good for once. Oh, it's terrible, man. Oh, someone agree with you. Finally, you're spitting facts. Yeah, broke Pete Davidson comes through. Who was the guy who said he's broke Pete Davidson, by the way? Who, which one yeah, of the we people in chat? We've got to figure this out. Who, who dubbed me with that wonderful little little moniker? I don't know. Korea was Forever it? Night 1. Okay. So that's Eddie, good. Kind of we've we've lost a bunch of listeners. We're past 11 o'clock. <laughs> the last 15 minutes have been fast food talk after Tony D'Angelo. The Ducks won tonight, by the way, everybody. And Trevor Zegers is on fire. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Have a great one. Later, everybody.